Ever since the first tick-tock of time You brought order to a world undefined Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Our teaching team is made up of men and women who love asking probing questions of each week's scripture portion, to which our community responds with curiosity, courage, and a desire to expand in faith, hope, and love. We follow the Revised Common Lectionary, and we follow the church calendar, because they anchor us in something which can hold us, no matter what life throws our way. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. Cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. Well, the gospel reading comes from Luke chapter 2. And my dad always read Luke chapter 2 on Christmas Eve in our family. And so let me read part of it to you. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. So let's stop right there. Uh, You have a choice to make. I can tell you the hallmark version of the Christmas story Or I can tell you the story that sounds a little bit more like episode three from Star Wars. Which one would you like? I think the people have spoken. So who was Emperor Augustus and why did he decree, why did he proclaim that everyone should be registered? In order to understand who Emperor Augustus is, we have to go back to the year 49 BCE. And in 49 BCE, Rome was not yet an empire. It was a republic governed by senators, a lot like the republic in episode three with Padme Amidala and other people ruling the galaxy. But senates and republics usually don't remain in peace, do they? They didn't in episode 3, and they didn't in 49 BCE. There was a Roman general who was stationed on sort of the outskirts in a little town called Gaul, and he was winning lots of wars, and he was getting very, very popular, and his name was Julius Caesar. Thank you, Danny Cook, fellow nerd. I knew you would get it. So Julius Caesar, before he was Julius Caesar of pizza and salad dressing fame, was a pretty little-known general, and the people of Rome were afraid that their republic would turn into a dictatorship at any time, and so he was ordered to disband his army and return to Rome. Well, he returned to Rome, but he didn't disband his army. He came to fight, and that was when he classically crossed the Rubicon, started a civil war, and eventually won, and when he did, he declared himself dictator for life which is awesome. So if some of you uh, families have more than two or three kids, one of you try this tomorrow morning, Christmas morning, just declare yourself dictator for life, or at least for the day, right? Uh, Well, as you all know, because of the famous movies, Caesar uh, only reigned for five years. He was stabbed to death by Brutus, another senator, 
uh, because he had stripped him from all of his power. And then another civil war broke out, right? And there was three factions. Uh, you loving this history lesson so far? Because I'm loving it. You guys are very tepid in your response. It'll make sense, I promise you. So the faction number one is those who wanted to return to a republic governed by the senators. This would be Brutus and Obi-Wan Kenobi and Padme Amidala and those folks wanted to return to a republic governed by senators. But there, were also, there was also a second faction who were loyal to Julius Caesar. This was Mark Antony, and he wanted to become the new emperor, and why wouldn't you, right? All the power. But there was the third faction, and that was those who were loyal to Julius's adopted son, Octavian, who also wanted to become the new emperor. So what do you do when there's three factions, all who want different things? You fight. You go to war. That's what you do. You don't, you don't talk about it. You go to war. And so they went to war, and Octavian won, and his name was later changed to Augustus. So that is the Caesar Augustus who proclaimed that all the world should be taxed or registered. That Caesar Augustus. Now, uh, how he won the war is really interesting. He spread, this was before Twitter. So he had to spread his message a different way, and this is through coins. He would print coins. And the, everyone would read the coins that could read. And on one of the coins, there was one, uh, uh, on one side, it was his picture, of course. But on the other side, it was a picture of his father, Julius Caesar, ascending to the heavens as a comet. So it was like, this is my dad ascending to the heavens as a comet, clearly a god. And people believed Julius Caesar was a god. And so Augustus called himself the son of God. Over and over and over again. On another coin, really fascinating, uh, he put the phrase, I saw the Son of God ascend to the right hand of God the Father. Now, does that sound familiar to anyone that has grown up in the church? Now, remember, this is 49 BCE. Well, this is a little after 49 BCE, but this is before the Gospels are written, from which we get that phrase, right? So the Gospels stole it from Augustus. On another coin, there is no name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. No name other than Augustus. So he became the new emperor. And after each battle Augustus won, he would send out a proclamation of his victory. And those proclamations were called Evangelions, or good newses, or gospels. So Augustus would spread his gospel of domination and dictator for life. Anyone tracking with what's happening? This is all before Jesus was born. And lastly, Interesting little fact. If the governing authorities of a city in the Roman Empire, if they confessed that Caesar was Lord and Savior, then that city would officially be designated as an ecclesia, which means church. So the whole structure of the early church was subverted by these followers of Jesus who refused to say that Caesar was Lord and Savior and who refused to call him 
the Son of God and who demanded that people at least consider that there was another king who would bring peace on earth, and that king's name was not Caesar Augustus. Now, what do you think happened to people who spread that message? Woo! They died. Thank you, Isaac James Weens. Isaiah 9, Caden read it a few minutes ago. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. And remember, in the gospel reading, when the, the shepherds are all out in their fields, shepherds are nobodies, they smell, uh, they have no status, and the king of kings decides to show up to them with a great light. So this is what Isaiah is talking about. It's prophesying. Um, you have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. Because Caesar Augustus promised peace on earth, but he brought heavy taxation and huge oppression to the people. That's the good news that he brought. It was good news for him, but it wasn't good news for the people. So, Isaiah 9, verse 6, For a child, unto us a child has been born, a son has been given to us, and authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named not Caesar Augustus, but wonderful counselor, mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, and his authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom, and he will establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. Because Jesus is the son of God, and there is no name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved other than the Christ, and that's not a password. You guys get that, right? That's not a, a nifty little just slogan that you can peel off and that's how you get saved. You guys know that, right? It's the fact that Jesus exemplifies the truth that God is with us, Emmanuel. And those in their pain, in their desperation that understand that they are not alone, that there is a God who is with them as they suffer, those are the ones who get saved. No matter where they're from, no matter where, what their name is, when you understand that there's a God who is with you in your pain, you understand that Christ is king. Amen. God wields power by entering the world as a human being in vulnerability in love and in sacrifice as a baby, vulnerable and weak, in order to be with us in our troubles, to save us from sin and death, and to show us how to live with each other in peace. That's Jesus the Christ, the King of Kings, and that's who we celebrate tonight. That's the light of the Christ candle that, that we've been waiting for. That's the Christ who will continually come into our world. Wherever there is pain, suffering, loneliness, isolation, oppression, or death, that Christ comes with light and hope and life and birth, wherever that is, that's where Christ comes. And Christ is so secure in his power 
that he doesn't even need people to know that it was him that saved them. He's that powerful. John 16, 33, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Amen. Let's pray together. God, thank you for coming to us. Thank you for revealing yourself to us. Thank you so much for your gift of light and life and love. You are the king. In your name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Genesis West podcast. If, if you, you find, find yourself, yourself nearby, nearby on Sunday, we'd love for you to join us for worship. We meet at Elam Church Center in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. If you, if have, you have any, any questions or would like to connect with us, please visit us at www.genesiscov.org.